evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the November 8, 2015 edition of The Court Report. This is episode number three of season three of The Court Report on the Malcolm Seal Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. The Court Report comes to you every Sunday night at 7 p.m., as well as an encore presentation on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Every week, we take a look back and a look ahead at all things Yeshiva League. Had a game this week? Let us know. Friend me on Facebook. You can send me a message. My name is Elliot Weiselberg. That's W-E-I-S-E-L-B-E-R-G. Or you can like the Court Report fan page. You can also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is YLS Wise Guy. That's Y-L-S-W-E-I-S-G-U-Y. Because if I don't know about it, we can't talk about it. Thank you again to our amazing sponsor, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Crown Trophy of Brooklyn has been servicing the Yeshiva League for over a decade. And if you've won a championship within that period, you've already benefited from their amazing handiwork and craftsmanship. Please give Mike, Larry, and the entire gang a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your plaque and trophy needs. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, coach, official, and analyst. But most of all, like you, I am a Yeshiva League fan, and I am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing efforts and accomplishments of these kids with you each and every week right here on the phone. If you have a smartphone and haven't downloaded the NSN app already, do so. You'll have access to all of our seasons of the Court Report, and you'll be able to send in comments for each show. Please keep the comments nice. Much like the show is not about me criticizing, degrading, or disrespecting players or coaches, please be courteous enough to do the same. No, folks, the noise you hear in the background is not a thousand spectators at the studio. Rather... All the fans that have congregated for the Cooper Memphis National Invitational Basketball Tournament. That's right. I am here in Memphis uh, for this week. This week we were not actually intending to do a show because I would be in Memphis. But because of the technical glitches that happened with the hockey preview a couple of weeks ago in my conversation with Mo Fuchs, we've decided that tonight we're going to do a special 30-minute episode dedicated solely to that. So, this week, we will be covering the JV Hockey Preview, which was originally intended for a few weeks ago. There's still a couple of bugs that we were not able to work out with the sound, but hopefully it won't take away from uh, from the information that's provided, and we hope that you enjoy the presentation that we are giving you tonight. Next week on this show, we will cover the event that I am at. I will have interviews uh, on the show with Cooper Tournament participants, and we will do a recap of the show. Uh, so uh, you have a lot to look forward to for next week's show. But straight ahead is Mo Fuchs with the conclusion of the 2015-2016 Hockey Preview Junior Varsity Session. Once again, you are listening to The Court Report on the Nakam Siegel Network. We are sponsored by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Once again, I am here on the phone with Mo Fuchs, head coach of TABC Varsity Hockey, and we are breaking down the hockey season for the 2015-2016 MYHSHL season. Now that we've covered varsity, let's take a look over at JV. Speaking of new formats, which we just ended our varsity session with, because of the loss of two teams in junior varsity, Hillel and Westchester, the West Division would have only had six teams compared to nine in the East this year. So instead, the league has been reformatted to a new three-division, five-team look that's more geographically aligned. The three divisions will be the East, which will contain DRS, Rambam, Hank, Hafter, and North Shore. The West, TABC, MTA, Frisch, Ramaz, and defending champion SAR. And the newly formed Central Division, 
Flatbush, Mag and David, YDE, Share, and JEC. Out of the three groups, eight teams will make the postseason, with the three division winners automatically gaining the one through three spots, and the next five best records filling out the pack. Now, Mo, let's talk a little bit about this before we dive in fully. What are your immediate thoughts about the new layout, namely on the extremely apparent competitive imbalance that has now been created and its potential effect on the playoffs? I'm just gonna take the. I'm gonna look at the last year standings as sort of a sort of a jump off point before we dive in. If you re, if you take a look at last year's JV standings, um, five of the top six teams from last year's 18 East are now the new East. Of the Central, uh, of the the three remaining teams, and that other one from the top six, comprise four of the five teams in the Central. And the one team from the West, uh, JEC, was a play-in uh, contender last season. The irony of this is that the setup actually is the best possible with groupings based on how the league intended to do it, geographically. I would have had much less of an issue with the setup if the scheduling was worked uh, to balance it out, or if there was something done with the playoffs. However, it only served to make the imbalance issue worse. So each team is going to wind up playing... Uh, a home and away against the other four teams in their division, and are then going to play two games outside their division to make up the 10-team schedule. And for some of the teams, that really helped their schedule out, and for others, it really, really, really hurt them. Keep that in mind as we go through the divisions, and you listeners at home can piece together for yourself why this is such a problem. And we'll get back and discuss it again once we're finished running through the teams. Let's start out a JV conversation in the East. I'm at least going to start off with my favorites for the upcoming season, the DRS Wildcats. Last year at 8-2, and two, second in the East, got the monkey off their backs, finally defeating TABC in the playoffs, shutting them out in the first round at home. The Wildcats come into the season as a top-three team in JV, and, as I said, the initial favorites for the 2015-2016 crown, if, at the very least, for the sheer fact that they will likely lead the league in fewest goals against, and it should be by a decent margin. DRS will once again feature 2015 JV All-Star netminder Jakey Friedman in the cage. Some would argue the best goalie in the entire Yeshiva League. In front of him will be a solid defensive group led by sophomores Elon and Oren Goldberg, and a high-powered offense headed up by sophomores Jake Weinstock and Jason Shaivitz. DRS is also bolstered by a formidable ninth grade class, including two of the top freshmen in Aiden Englander and Yosef Adler. A lineup like this will definitely be a source of frustration for opposing teams as goals will be at a premium against DRS, and just about any goal that DRS scores will be a tough task to claw back from. Teams will need to get ahead of the Wildcats in any possible way and hope that one or two goals are all that are necessary to come away with the victory, as it's very unlikely that the group will yield more than that. Is it fair to say that Jakey Friedman could be the biggest X-factor in the JV League this year? 
I think it's definitely fair to say that, Elliot. Being that it seems like the other top teams are stacked offensively and questionable defensively, if Jakey can hold that forward, and again, we know how talented Jakey Friedman is, and if he can hold that forward, that could put DRS in prime position. He certainly, to me, is the X factor. Obviously, as we discussed in the West, you know, with SAR, Gordy Kolb can also lay a claim to that. So looking ahead to actually for the first time in JV where we will actually get to see that that in the regular season. We saw the two play last year, Gordy's SAR Sting walking away victorious on the way to the finals. December 17th, DRS and SAR uh, will play off in a game that will feature two teams that you might be very likely to see in Lawrence Middle School come March. Looking to play spoiler, however, will be the rest of the JV East led by Hank and Ramba. Hank, last year, 5-4-1, fourth seed in the East, defeated MTA in the first ever JV play-in game before losing to SAR in the quarterfinals. For Hank, the name of the game is youth, having brought in arguably the best freshman class this year. The grade includes 2015 Martin Weislerberg Memorial Tournament MVP Bernie Maslin and all-tournament first team member Hootie Silverman, new MYJHHL single-season scoring record holder Yoni Hazan, a trio of defensive monsters in Elon Khan, Jack Hamer, and Rafael Yassian, as well as two of 2015's top MYJHHL netminders, Eitan Rabanapur and Josh Chigger. This group will complement a superbly talented sophomore class led by Jacob Schwartzman, Jordan Ehrenhaus, and Josh Blitzstein. With the amount of talent that they have, it's impossible to not believe that Hank can make noise similar to Rombaum two years ago or SAR last year. But they will need this talent to result in goals on the board against some of the top teams as they get a trial by fire in the murderer's row that is the new JV East. Along with them is Rombaum. Last year, 10-0, the Eastern Division champs and finalists defeated Hafter and Frisch before losing to SAR in the high-scoring championship affair. The Ravens find themselves in unfamiliar position, not being the favorites to take the division after two seasons of doing so. However, the move up of the main squad has left Rambam with a small, yet extremely talented group of sophomores on the offensive and defensive ends. Jacob Corman, Kobe Cohen, and Ethan Sullivan will run the offense, while Zach Finkelman, Joe Wertman, and a returning Benny Schillag will be depended upon to man the zone in front of goalie Isaac Bass, one of the relatively few freshmen on this Rambam squad. Right behind them will be Hafter and North Shore. Hafter, last year 5-5 five and five in the East, fifth seed, making the playoffs on the last day of the season, coming from behind to defeat Flatbush to gain the final seed over North Shore. The Hawks defeated JEC in the play-in round before falling to Rambam in the quarterfinals. Stellar sophomore Jacob Kramer leads the way, while Hank transfer Alex Berkowitz will make an instant impact on the defensive end for the Hawks. Freshman netminder Ben Horowitz and offenseman Zach Pearl and Ben Schreiber should find themselves getting called upon to contribute for Hafter as this season goes on. Along with them will be North Shore. Last year, 4-5-1, and one, just missing out on the playoffs in sixth place in the East. 2015 JV All-Star Abraham Goldman will head up a North Shore group that finds itself a little behind the eight ball in the stacked JV East, but the Stars gained two solid hockey players in Ari Valinsky transferring over from Flatbush and Oscar Kuehl entering the ninth grade ranks. We'll come back to the Central in just a minute, but let's move over to your neck of the woods now, Mo, the West. Last year's champion, SAR, last year 10-0, undefeated league champions taking out Hank, 
DRS, and then Rombaum on the way to the title. A stellar freshman class from last season remains mostly intact, with nine of the 13 ninth graders from last year still on the team as sophomores, including Judah Fortgang, Jacob Neowitz, and finals MVP Gordy Kolb. Among those not returning, though, as mentioned before, uh, were Friedman, Shua Friedman, Burian, Jason Burian, as well as Adam Weiss, who is now suiting up for the JV basketball team, I believe. Uh, in their place, SAR will look to another solid freshman class of Ethan Green, Jonathan Hames, and Henry Kolb, as well as sophomore transfer Romy Harkstark to fill the void. Let's go back to Burian and Friedman for a second. As we had mentioned before, as talented as these two are, will they make the difference that this varsity, that the varsity squad needs to compete for a championship? Or have they really only put the varsity in a situation to gain more wins and then mortgaged what could potentially have been a second straight JV championship? Well, LA, that's the only question that's going to be answered come March. You know, I, I can't put myself in the shoes of other coaches and what I would have done or not done. It's just a question that in due time, and look, it's a typical question. If, if Shua Friedman and Jason Perrion stay on JV, uh, SAR is probably the favorite in JV. Uh, by them going to varsity, it, it, uh, it no longer keeps them at the top. It probably drops them down to third or fourth overall on paper going into the season in JV. Whereas in varsity, uh, adding the depth to the team certainly helps them. And how much or not, we're going to find out come five, Plus months from now, when we see whether it was the right decision or not for them to play up or not, that's only going to be settled down the line. Well, let's move ahead to a team that's absolutely going to be right there hounding them for the entirety of the season. Let's go to Frisch. Last year, 7-3, and three, tied for second place in the West, winner of the coin flip with TABC, shut out Flappush in the quarterfinals before losing a heartbreaker in Rambam in, overt- in overtime in the semis. The Cougars look poised to make a run to avenge that loss and take it one step further with a supremely talented lineup. They look to be a dangerous threat uh, to SCR last year, and they're going to return key contributors from that team. Joe Tropp, Benji Feintuck, Charlie Bentheim, as well as 2015 All-Star goalie Charlie Freilish. But this summer turned out to be a boon for Frisch with the talent that it did bring in. First with uh, the transferring Maury Bauer coming over from Hank and then pulling in a solid freshman class including Aryeh Bloom, J.J. Corin, uh, Josh Levine, and goalies Gilad Holzer and Sammy Valdarski. So we see that Frisch has really upped its game on the offensive end. Are, are they a better team than last year? And given, given SAR's, uh, as we just talked about with SAR, uh, does, this make Frisch, does this make Frisch the team to beat in the West? With what left SAR, I would say now I would Frisch ahead of them on paper. Frisch is a powerhouse offense. They they should score goals in bunches. The question will come down to whether defensively they have enough. And an Ari as a freshman, a Josh Levine as a freshman, a Jason Aronoff, Tom Moore, you know, can these kids step up into big roles on defense for this Frisch team? Because unquestionably on offense, they're not are as good or better than any But if they get kept down in their own zone because they have trouble getting the punch out of their own zone, then they won't be able to go on the offense. So that's really the question. This first team will go as far as their defense sort of allows them to because if they play on a 
obviously we talk about having a, a solid goalie. Does having Charlie Freilish in that sort of relieve that burden a bit for the freshman defenseman? Well, it's nice if you're a freshman to know that you have a good goaltender behind you to, to back you up and, and make a save when you would make a mistake. So that definitely has to be helpful in the mind of not just freshmen, but even, you know, sophomores that didn't get a lot of playing time last year. Because there isn't, I think, even one defenseman right now who got major minutes for this team last year. So... You know, that, again, is going to be the biggest key for that team. And by the way, I think for that SAR team, that's going to be a big key as well, is getting contributions on defense. Both those teams are going to score. They're, when they play each other, they could be eight, seven games, despite the fact that there's good goaltending there, because the offenses are really, really tough. Huh? That should be something interesting for the fans to see. Moving ahead to TABC. Last year, 7-3, and three, third seed in the West, dropping the opening round game to DRS, a first playoff loss in seven years after reeling off six straight championships. How did the Storm shape up this year in comparison to last year's squad, which, given the outlook originally, overachieved immensely? And how does TABC get back into that title hunt this coming season? Well, again, I think, first of all, on paper, you would slot them probably third in the division. Uh, it's a strong freshman class that is learning quickly, so it's going to be interesting to see. I, I, I fully expect that the TVC team will be better in the second half of the season than the first half of the season, and that's really going to be the key. The team will be, for them, putting themselves in a position to get, you know, obviously at first for them a third seed, but hopefully a second seed if they could find a way into that second seed. Uh, and and get themselves into a position where they're playing better come February and March because, again, it's a young team, a lot of freshmen, some returning sophomores who need to step up their game from last year as freshmen. Uh, it's, I look at it as, as a relative deep team, but not a superstar league. Next on the list, the Ramaz Rams. Last year, 3-6-1, missed out on the playoffs, finishing 6th in the Western Division. This year's Rams will be fighting desperately to claw their way into the playoffs, safely into one of the slots if this were last year under the East-West format. This group, led by sophomores Zach Wilds and Jake Claristenfeld, will have the deck and the division stacked against them under the new format. If the Rams can steal an in-division game, they'll give themselves a shot, and a decent incoming freshman class and the usual home court advantage could make a huge difference. Finally, MTA, last year 5-5, five and five, taking the fifth seed and losing to Hank in the play-in game. The Lions will also have an uphill battle getting back to the playoffs this year, given their division. They'll have a shot, though, as they will have the advantage of having theoretically the easiest out-of-conference games of their division mates. The team led by sophomores Gabe Isaacs and Yaakov Beanstock will gain a little help on the defensive end with the addition of YNJ graduates Daniel and Ephraim Landa, but it will be on the rest of a freshman-heavy roster to mature while wading through the minefield that is the JV West in order to have a shot at a second consecutive postseason berth. Rounding out the JV will be the new Central Division with its five teams. Starting out is Flatbush, last year 7-3 and three in the East, third seed, losing to Frisch in the first round. Talk about your insane summers. Flatbush goes into the offseason expecting that they'd be in for a dogfight for a playoff spot in the extremely competitive JV East, 
and comes out of the summer with a new rink and the favorites to win a division crown. In a division where there is very little in the way of complete teams, the Falcons should soar well above their competition on the backs of a very capable sophomore class led by Murray Dweck, Burt Robertson, and Eddie Storcher, along with new Flappers recruits Momo Goldman, Ezra Dweck, Jacob Bailey, and Stephen Sutton, as well as new netminder Sully Laniato. An almost near image, and some would argue a better version of the junior high Flatbush team that was four minutes away from an MYJ HHL finals berth two years ago, this team should easily find their way to the top of the division, with their toughest games being their interconference matchups with Frisch, yet another year that Coach Dan LaFell has to see the Cougar Colors on his schedule, and Rombaum at the end of December. Moving ahead to JEC. Last year, 6-4 and four in the West. Uh, the fourth seed coming out of that division, the only West team now in this new Central, hosting and losing to Hafter in the play-in game. Last year's JEC-JV squad featured a good mix of talent on both ends of the floor, but there's no question that as Jason Silverstein went, so did the Thunder. With Silverstein gone, the task now falls on Alex Seidman, a defenseman who has made the transition to goalie within the last year. Sophomore offenseman Arye Marcus and Alicia Schmutter return along with defenseman Tunnel Kramer. So Seidman will have three very talented players in front of him. This is crucial now given the division that they play in. Any advantage that puts them above the other three teams that it will be fighting for for second place in the division will be key as the division is all but assured of sending a second team to the postseason. The same could be said for Magan David, YDE, and Share Torah. Magan David, last year 4-6, and six, missing out on the playoffs in 7th place in the East, and YDE and Share, last year both 1-9, tied for last place in the East after only defeating each other. Magan David also returning a group of three in Albert Hadef, Ronnie Casson, and Charles Michael. This team will struggle, but can steal a few games to keep themselves in contention. YDE following in the pattern, the Thunder will look to a trio as well, in sophomores Martin Cohen and Stephen Benzakin, and freshman Edgar Chicalo that will battle with Mag and David and JEC for the opportunity to sneak into the postseason. Finally, Share Torah. This star squad will look to build on the platform set out last year in Share Torah's first year in the league, but without goalie David Sutton in net anymore, arguably the most entertaining part of last season's Share team, and their leading scorer Ezra Sutton, this year's group will need to play the underdog role again and take advantage of the game's that the new JV Central will give it to make a surprise run. So that was the JV Central division, Mo. I guess we'll figure out how things shake out in terms of the scheduling and balance and how uh, how the playoffs will work out as the year goes on. But uh, it'll definitely make for a very, very interesting season up ahead. Absolutely, Elliot. Let's get it rolling and uh, looking forward to a great season. And, you know... We can talk all the predictions and who and what, but you know, somebody will surprise us, and there's a reason why we drop the puck and get it going, because we can predict all we want, but the games have to be played. Looking forward to seeing what surprises this year's bring. Thank you very much for being with us today, Mo. My pleasure. Thanks, Elliot. Once again, you are listening to The Court Report on the Malcolm Siegel Network. I'm your host, Elliot Weisberg, and we're sponsored by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Thank you once again to Mo Fuchs, and thank you again to all of you hockey fans out there that waited so patiently to listen to that JV preview. Again, thank you very much. We're sorry we couldn't work out all of the technical glitches, but we did the best we can, and we hope you enjoyed it.
So uh, Mo Fuchs, again, TABC Varsity Hockey Coach, spent his time with me breaking down the hockey season preview. And uh, with a lot of it underway, we already see how some of what we've talked about is coming to pass. Over the next couple of weeks, we're also going to get touch on a little more on the scheduling imbalance that we uh, that we alluded to in the show. So uh, stay tuned over the next couple of weeks. Again, next week, we're going to be doing our Cooper Tournament Recap. Uh, as you can again hear, I am live at the Cooper Tournament Show. It's actually Saturday night, September uh, September 7th, but this is the September 8th show, and we will focus on that next week, live from the event, with several interviews and scores and recaps from the weekend's action. Having a great time in Memphis, and I hope I can translate that to all of you with the show that we have next week. Once again, a huge thank you to the people that helped us preview the uh, the upcoming season. Uh, thank you to Mo Fuchs for the JV and Varsity Hockey preview, which you've heard over uh, a span of the weeks since the show began. And thank you to Judah Ryan for his amazing work on last week's basketball uh, preview. Looking forward to uh, great seasons ahead in both leagues. We hope you can use the previews that you've been given as guideposts as the season goes on. And as we go on, we'll touch back in with both coaches to, uh, well, with, with, yeah, with both coaches to, uh, to uh, see exactly how each of the individual leagues are going. Uh, we look forward to amazing seasons, and we're going to start our normal shows, not next week, but the week after. We're going to be starting uh, following the Cooper Show. We will be doing our usual recaps, scores, uh, standings, and our uh, even uh, even as early even early enough for the playoff impact, and we will do the regular segments for our show. If you missed any part of this or any episode this season, you can also catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., or you can find the Cult Report on iTunes or the Knock'em Seagull Network app. Tomorrow morning, JM in the AM with Knock'em Seagull from 6 to 9 a.m. live on the stream, knock'emseagull.com, or on your radio, 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, 91.9 FM, Rockland County. Once again, a huge thank you to our sponsors, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Please give them a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your plaque and trophy needs. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning on Jam in the AM at around 7.20 with the Tuesday morning Jam in the AM sports update. If you haven't visited the Court Report fan page on Facebook, please do so and click the like tab. Let's get that number up, people. Stay tuned for more amazing programming right here on the Nakam Single Network. See you next week on the Court Report right here on the Nakam Single Network. NakamSiegel.com. Hi, this is Elliot Weiselberg, host of The Court Report. Stay tuned for more amazing musical selections and programming only on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com